And happy to be joined by our next guest, Ryan Leaf, former NFL quarterback as well. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Okay, so Ryan, I actually, I, I know we we're here to talk the Super Bowl, but I know you talked to Lance Leipold earlier this year. I'm a Jayhawk, so can we just hi- can I hijack this interview and talk and talk about, about Lance Leipold? Can we talk Kansas football for like 10, 15 minutes? Okay, not I'll, 10 I'll, or 15 ta- I'll talk about Kansas football. I'll for give the him next two. Hour. I'll give him two right. minutes. Right, that's <laughs> well, half our listeners are Mizzou fans, so they'll love this part. <laughs> um, dude, I'm a diehard Jayhawk, and obviously, it's a huge year for Kansas. So I know you had Lance Leipold on your podcast earlier this year. What do you think about what they're building in Lawrence, man? I love it. You know, we I, I called a bunch of their games a year ago when he was when he first started and. I just we had a lot of shared values and so he asked me to come speak to the team during fall camp and I just knew there was something special I'm a huge fan of Annie Kotelnicki's his offensive coordinator guy he's been with him for a long time incredibly innovative I, I yeah just huge fan I can't I can't speak to uh you know what a great individual he is what a great fit he is for for Kansas and I do think you're going to see now a team that got back to a bowl game this is going to be more the norm more the rule rather than the seasons we've had over the, over the last decade or so. See, I'm already saying we. This yeah, is, I know. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Boy, you were bought in. He's going to be the quarterback coach in Lawrence and Notes. I have some follow-ups now. Okay. Uh, okay, in layman's term, can you explain to the casual football fan what makes Andy Kotelnicki's offense so innovative? Uh, well, he, he's incredibly multiple. He has no, he has no uh, like, boundary on what he's going to call and when he's going to call it, right? He's bought into data analytics and not in a way that makes you a, like a creepy scientist aspect of thing like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein, he is, he's found a variable that he can apply in the algorithm that's for gut. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do because when momentum and gut and in games like that, you just can't go to the number. You just, mm-hmm. you, you can't. Football, it's about feel sometimes. And so I love what he does. He, he practices, um, he innovates with what he watches and his, his favorite thing to do is watch teams at the NFL level and, and who have success and then implement them in a way that he can for guys that aren't as talented, right? They're not as talented, but he still wants to get the same kind of uh, schematic advantage by doing it. And there's times when I go and I call games and when I walk out of those coordinator meetings and I'm like, like that guy's going to be a head coach or that guy's going to be in the NFL someday. And that was one of the first things I thought of when I, thought, uh, when I met with Andy Kolnicki and his staff when we were there. It's funny. You mentioned, like, uh, the feel between gut and analytics. I feel like that's Brandon Staley's problem. Like, we look at it like, oh, how come people can't oh, catch the Chiefs? So is. Staley can't figure out which one he wants to do. He did all analytics, and then he tried to do all gut. I'm like, dude, there's something in the middle, and you should probably find it if you want to catch up You the have Chiefs. to find that variable. You have to find it, and it has to go into the algorithm because if you don't, you'll never – it's never going to be the right fit because you're because when you buy into data analytics, you have to go through it the whole time. Like, you, you bought in, it's, it's in. You have to do that. And he's been so up and down. And this year it just seemed like all over the place once again. And I really thought that I, I really thought that he was he had a chance of being fired on the tarmac after that. Oh, that I thought so too. You know, so um, – but, but the Dallas Cowboys did him and everybody who's a Chargers fan a huge favor and let Kellen Moore. Yeah, what do you think about that? Oh, That's I, a good I, fit for that. It's an absolute, absolutely great fit. It gives uh, – their quarterback, who is extremely talented, and you, all of you in Kansas City know this better than anybody, he's the one guy that you probably fear coming in. You know, and there's not many in Arrowhead where you where you fear anybody or anything. He's one of them. He he can flat out uh, and has the experience of winning there and just the understanding of what it's about. So yeah, it that's a huge coup for the for the Los Angeles Chargers to go get Kellen Moore, who's been 
incredibly good at what he's done in the NFL. You remember sitting through these these years in the NFL where everyone is essentially just playing catch up to the Colts or playing catch up to the Patriots more, where it's just like every like in the South, it's like everything we do in the AFC South, there's nothing we can do to get past this team. I feel like everyone in the AFC all together collectively were like, all right, chips are in the middle. They they go after Von Miller. You know, the, the Chargers made their big moves for two big defensive stars. They pay J.C. Jackson. They get Khalil Mack. They do everything. And still we're sitting here on Radio Road talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I feel like that has to be mentally devastating to push all that in and still lose to the same team. Oh, it is. It is. And, I, you know, I, I was – I was all in on this Chiefs team when about midseason when I got asked the question, you know, who's going to be representing the AFC? And as much as the, the Bills did what you talked about, what the Chargers did, what, what, what Cincinnati was becoming, you know, and I really felt when the season was done in the regular season, Cincinnati was the best AFC team. I thought they were. Uh, but ultimately, Kansas City has proven that everything that goes through the AFC until something changes, it goes through Kansas City. In fact, it literally goes through Arrowhead because that's where the uh, you know AFC championships are being played for the last five seasons. Wouldn't expect anything less from this team, especially when you got 15 back there running the show. Would you think just at a the, the way that this is set up, like um, if you said you thought Cincinnati is the best team, do you think that they've already played their toughest game then? No, no. I, I thought okay. they were the best team in the AFC. Okay, I was like, do you think they've already played their most difficult game or the Eagles better? You know, if they win this football game. If they win this football game in this, uh, against the, this Philadelphia Eagles team and the talent that they have, you, you would have to argue that this is maybe one of the greatest uh, Super Bowl champions of all time, to be honest. I mean, it's weird because like, if either team wins, like especially the Chiefs, they've got one of the best quarterbacks of all time, they've got one of the best coaches of all time, they went 14-3, and they ran through a very deep AFC. I'm not so sure they haven't played their toughest game. Maybe the Eagles are more talented. But the Bengals were lined up to beat them. Like, they are a team very well designed to go against what Kansas City does. I'm not saying Philadelphia's not a very good team. They led the league in sacks. They had 14 wins, too. I just – I don't know if Cincinnati wasn't a harder matchup for them. I don't know what – other than the Eagles having, like, really good wide receivers or an elite defensive line, the Chiefs have one of the better offensive lines. These two teams are both good in the trenches. No, they're pretty – the more I've looked into it throughout the week, that checklist that I thought was predominantly checked off in the Eagles' side on a lot of things – it's more evenly balanced than than I would have imagined, and then whatever whatever the scales are tipped in the in the advantage of the Eagles in this are immediately uh, are immediately uh, measured when you add 15 to the the equation. It just it, that's it. it. That that's it. That's the answer. And uh, but I mean, one statistic I keep going back to, and it's one that I think that's bared fruit, is the number one pass defense versus the number one pass offense in Super Bowls. It's happened twice. It's been incredibly embarrassing for the the number one pass offense. Yeah. So this would be a a a, uh, a you know 180 degree lifestyle change for that to be the case in this game. Um, I just think 15 gives you that in any any sort of situation. Not that I have to talk you out of that, but it's like we looked at the stats because there's been five times over the last 20 years that the number one DV you know a top five DVOA pass defense wins again. The only win Mahomes, Mahomes against San Francisco. And that Tampa Bay one, that was another one they were up against. But I don't know. I can never get past the fact. I never want that game to be like, oh, it's because they were the number one pass defense. I'm like, that had nothing to do with it. Well, it's because he <laughs> lost two starting offensive <laughs> yeah. linemen a couple weeks before the game. Yeah, uh, That's a huge factor, right? And uh, he, had a, he had a toe issue in that game, too, and he wasn't, his, he wasn't himself. This, this game, the closer we get, and it's the odds makers see it. The odds makers see exactly what, what you guys do. They see it as an even game. Otherwise, this, this line wouldn't change. Uh, or would be changing much differently than what it is right now. Real quick, Ryan, what do the Eagles do to leverage 
all of those guys on offense, specifically in the backfield with Jalen and Miles and Kenneth uh, Gainwell, what do they do to leverage the linebackers and the defensive ends? How do they get you kind of in, in uncomfortable positions as a defense? Well, because as a defense and you're responsible for gaps, that's usually without entering the quarterback into the equation, right? Because he is so potent with his feet. It makes you make a decision. If we're going to play too high, you better have safeties and linebackers be able to come up and make tackles near the line of scrimmage. Because if you can't, you've got to move somebody off that. And guess what? When you play man coverage against this team, you have a beast out on the perimeter in A.J. Brown. You have a guy inside in Devontae Smith that is faster, more agile than, than most guys that, that, that San Francisco or that uh, Kansas City may have seen. Uh, and then you add Quez Watkins, who's just a real speedster on the outside. Mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard in the middle. This is a very, very good offensive football team, and they've really used the pass to set up the run and put teams away. I don't know if that's if that's possible because they, they certainly haven't been able to, to do that over the last few games. Their running game has been the, been the answer. Will we see you in Lawrence for a football game next year? Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, you know, I'll be calling <laughs> one. You know, that's right. you you know, go. now, now that uh, – now that, uh, they're, they've become – I called their Texas Tech game late in the year this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, anything – I tell you right now, anything that Lance Leipold wants, I'm, I'm all over it. Love it. Yeah. Let's get quickly your prediction brought to you by Ag Power, John Deere. Ag Power, your local authorized John Deere dealer. And by Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's, every Tuesday, order a large signature or thin crust for $12 at PapaMurphy's.com. Who do you think is going to win? Early in the week, it was Eagles by a bunch. It's slowly started to come back the other way. I, I do think the Eagles still get it done. I think the defensive front up is, is just is just too much to overcome for a quarterback that, that if he strains it a little bit more or isn't able to do the same things with his feet, it could be a little bit of a problem. I do think this is a close game that ultimately – ends up being a field goal uh, winner for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. We really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And I guess uh, you'll see my guy Nick That's here right. and Lawrence here in a couple of months. I do want to get uh, – I, I talked to the uh, their athletic director, uh, um, Travis Goff, and yeah. I, I'm going to try to get back for a, a Kansas Jayhawks basketball game too in Allen, Fienha- Allen Fieldhouse. I heard it's just spectacular. Nick's uncle's so. got great seats. Just yeah, ask I'll, him. I'll show you all the good spots. <laughs> right. I, I was in college for about seven years, so I got it covered. <laughs> all right, guys. Ryan, right, really thanks, appreciate Ryan. it. Thanks so much. All right, bye. That's Ryan Leap, former NFL quarterback, joining us here.